0: Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. And this week, we are talking about Harry Potter, and we're looking at it through the theme of trust and doubt.
1: I trust it will be an enlightening discussion.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I am doubtful of your jokes.
1: <laughs> of their existence, or...
0: I mean... That others will find them amusing. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, why don't we go to better words <laughs> 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 with a quote? So, this quote comes from the Deathly Hollows and It is after Dobby has been killed, and Harry is digging the grave, and for a while now he's been thinking about Horcruxes versus Hollows, right, and and what to pursue.
1: He had made his choice while he dug Dobby's grave. He decided to continue along the winding, dangerous path indicated for him by Albus Dumbledore, to accept that he had not been told everything that he wanted to know, but simply to trust. He had no desire to doubt again, he did not want to hear anything that would deflect him from his purpose. And I, I appreciate that this this decision of the Hallows or the Horcruxes in which to pursue is itself a way of him asking whether he should trust Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Whether he should have faith that, yeah, even if he didn't have all the information, that the right thing to do was to destroy the Horcruxes rather than pursue the Hallows. He didn't really know Dumbledore's awful history in pursuing the Hallows to the fullest extent, or at least from Dumbledore's perspective just yet. But you know, it, it was understandably enticing when he's going up against
0: Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's also important that this comes before he finds out all of, I mean he never finds out all the information about Dumbledore but like more information about you know, how he kind of set him up to die for the mm-hmm. world and it's kind of sad in a way right that that he is just I mean Dumbledore here was right in, in terms of no destroying the Horcruxes is more important mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's interesting and I, I like that it says even though he didn't have all of the information that he wanted you know like he wished he had more information but I think a lot of the times when if you had all the information, then would it be trust? You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that he didn't even want to hear anything more. Like he, had, it's so easy. And I've been in this place. Like it's so easy to like talk yourself out of something or keep mm. second guessing for too long, and it to be debilitating. And so it's just like, no, I've made my mind up. I've gone back and forth too many times. Like this just needs to be done. And and I'm gonna choose this
1: and and yeah I appreciate that it's you make the choice to trust that Mm -hmm. trust doesn't necessarily have to be earned it can itself be a choice that okay even understanding that I don't have all the information that Dumbledore was keeping things from me I am still going to choose to trust that he was well-intentioned and wise and these other things that I know of him I'm going to prioritize that in the way that I make my choices exactly
0: well, why don't we get into the rest of our analysis. What character do you have for us to talk about today?
1: I would like to talk about Percy Weasley.
0: Yes, a very good person for this topic.
1: Yes, yes. And disclaimer, you are the one who suggested it.
0: I mean, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I think that, that Percy is really interesting to talk about trust and doubt, particularly as one of the characters closest to Harry and closest to the kind of the core of the narrative who doubts Dumbledore and doubts Harry. Mm-hmm. Other than him, we get like Seamus Finnegan. But Harry is, in many ways, becomes a, very much a part of the Weasley family. And so having Percy doubt him and doubt Dumbledore. And I do think it's, it's understandable of why Percy would not trust in Dumbledore and Harry, why he would be one of the people who, when he hears that Voldemort's back, but then he hears from everywhere else or many other places that that's incorrect. Yeah. That he would actually trust those other other places. And I think part of that is because, as we've talked about, I think previously, Percy has found success through formal systems that he's engaged with. He's been able to be head boy. He's been able to get a job with the ministry. You know, he's studied hard, done the work, and gotten a measure of success from that. Gotten prestige and power, responsibility, respect. And particularly coming from a home where his father did not have that kind of prestige, power, respect. Mm -hmm. I can see why he would value not only the respect itself, but the system that gives it to him.
0: And where he's not respected in his family either.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, it's
0: these outside sources are where he finds that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So when these things that he's already placed his trust into are telling him something about Harry and Dumbledore, yeah, I can see why he would not see those as completely illegitimate. Um, particularly since he hasn't had the experiences that Harry's had seeing fudges hypocrisy and mm-hmm. the injustice of the buckbeak execution and these other things leading up to to all of that
0: and i think too that he like if it was only rita skeeter talking about this he'd be like oh she blows everything out of a portion mm-hmm. and blah, blah 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 because she's come against the the ministry before and he, he's defended it right but once it's coming from the minister of magic exactly you know it, yeah, it's it's different.
1: Yeah, and I can also imagine how Percy might be able to fill in some of those gaps himself. If he's hearing that Harry is dangerous, and then he thinks back to all the times that his family has been in danger because <laughs> yeah. of their relationship with Harry, okay, yeah, this is someone who is glory-seeking and dangerous and, you know, these other types of things. So I can imagine that, yeah, his younger brother who in his first year gets beaten up by a giant magic chess set. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Second year goes up against a basilisk and his younger sister gets possessed by a diary. I
0: mean, quote goes up against a basilisk, right? Like all Percy knows is that Harry can speak Mm Parseltongue. And there are these mysterious things written, you know, on the walls, and people are starting to be petrified, and then conveniently, Harry and Ron are separated, and only Harry is the one who's able to go into Mm. this chamber, and then he emerges victorious with their sister, you know.
1: Who Percy probably knows more than anyone has had a crush on Harry this entire year, and Mm. might have, like, this protective older brother feature there. So yeah, yeah, again, I can fill in some of those blanks of how Percy might take this narrative and then through his own personal experiences with Harry, be able to see some truth in them. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to mention, as you were talking about before, how he's often disrespected in his family. I don't think Harry was making many of those jokes, but he was probably laughing at them. And... I, can... I mean
0: he he's I think Harry was a little bit nicer to Percy than his family was like you that's know not he asked hard, him but yes Exactly like <laughs> how's working at the ministry you know he actually asked him a question about himself which that's nice Totally But yeah he's seen firsthand Harry losing points for Gryffindor through breaking <laughs> rules
1: Totally totally <laughs> Yeah I just I think that he's an interesting character for for that point, but also because he's a good example of something that we don't see a lot of firsthand, which is the way that in any society, the media that one consumes and the people they're around are going to have a large impact on the kinds of opinions and, and ideas they have. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about this like the social media bubbles that you're a part of, where you're going to be seeing the same things and people who might still both be on Facebook are going to be seeing completely different news articles and other kinds of things being linked there. And that's oftentimes because of, yeah, what they are engaging with, who they are engaging with. And Percy has put himself on a path that he sees as legitimate. You know, it's Mm -hmm. with the government. And he has a trust and faith in that that is naive, perhaps, but it makes it understandable why he would be someone who would have a hard time growing that trust out and and doubting that those relationships. It reminds me, honestly, of how in the Deathly Hallows, we see the the kind of secret radio program that's being done. Potter Watch, they're sharing news about what Harry might be up to and who's been killed and and other kinds of, you know, news that's not coming from the Death Eater-controlled ministry and Daily Prophet and things like that. You know, I think most of the times when I read that, I read that as, about them in and Ron in particular you know finding out what's going on with their families and with their, their the people they they care about and this kind of interpersonal aspect of it but I also see how that is such an important part of being a resistance it is something that having news sources and and opinion sources that are able to challenge ones that are purposefully incorrect um can be can be so important.
0: Like the quibbler. <laughs> like the quibbler, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think he's he's a really interesting character for the topic and you know why I was like, oh, psst, you should do Percy because I remember when we were having a conversation, I don't know, I feel like a couple years ago, about that letter that Percy sent to Ron Mm. in the fifth year that was just so when I first read it it was just like oh eye roll you know (laughs) Percy being like oh and Dolores Sunbridge says blah 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 Mm -hmm. and she's a really helpful nice person or you know whatever and you're like you know that she's doing these evil things yeah and you know that Voldemort's back but I think from Percy's perspective, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. The fact that again nobody is witnessing this, but he just port keys back in with <laughs> Cedric's dead body, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no evidence uh, that Voldemort is there. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of things that could sound really suspicious, mm. <laughs> and oh, he's helped steal our dad's car and got our family in the news looking so incompetent and terrible and stuff and and so i could see where you would be a little suspect of of this person
1: totally and and i also remember when we were having that conversation with the letter really seeing it as a loving act by Percy for for the first time of he's doing this out of care for Ron and he's doing it in a way that is misguided certainly (laughs) but it is I think sincerely out of worry and care for his brother
0: he's I mean I would be worried totally and yeah he's he's trying to be a helpful older brother and give advice that he thinks could you know who knows maybe he thinks could save his brother's life mm-hmm. and oh you have the opportunity to form a relationship with this the undersecretary in the ministry of magic you should do that because connections really help mm-hmm. to get jobs and we've grown up in i don't know if i would say poverty but it, you know definitely not middle class yeah so absolutely yeah Yeah, so I I, I think we developed more compassion for him. Definitely, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, what plot did you want to talk about regarding trust and doubt in Harry Potter?
0: Yeah, so I wanted to talk about, you mentioned the the media sources that that you're consuming and and how much of an effect that can have on you. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about the occurrence of Rita Skeeter's harry potter disturbed and dangerous article that came out the day of the third test and i think the timing of it was so significant for it being influential because Hmm. well so first I'll, i'll read a little clip from it Alarming evidence has recently come to light about Harry Potter's strange behavior, which casts doubts upon his suitability to complete the demanding competition like the Triwizard Tournament, or even attend Hogwarts School. And it mentions his scar hurting, and could that mean that he had some sort of brain damage that was done via the Killing Curse attack when he was a baby, and... Mentions him speaking parcel tongue, and one of the students, Draco Malfoy, <laughs> said that in second year, all of these people were getting attacked. And in the dueling club, he basically set a snake on one of the other students. And one of the concluding remarks is, You know, anyone who seeks the company of werewolves and giants would appear to have a fondness for violence. Hmm. So it's like it's building into the the article about exposing Hagrid as being part giant. Mm-hmm. And obviously people found out about Lupin as a werewolf the previous year. And so it's it's tapping into the fears and prejudices that people already have and drawing conclusions or implying <laughs> conclusions for the readers. And it all just kind of reminds me of a line from the Hulu series, The Great, about Mm -hmm. Catherine the Great, when they were like talking about, and I'm probably slightly paraphrasing, but they were talking about like, the first lie sticks. It's like, if you're the first one to lie, and that gets out to the public, like, that's the one that is going to stick because Hmm. you brought something to their attention. And And even everything
1: after has to discredit that. Exactly.
0: And even if people don't completely believe it, there's still a measure of doubt more Mm -hmm. than they would have had before. Because I'm thinking about prior to this article coming out, I think if harry was saying voldemort's back they'd be like the boy who lived is saying Mm -hmm. voldemort's back he probably would know and that's not the case it comes out the day the day of the third task and at the end of that task harry materializes with not just a dead body but someone from his own school like his teammate and then he has this what would seem to society this wild claim that Voldemort's back and that he was the one who actually killed Cedric and and so i think that yeah it was just the worst timing for setting the stage to discredit harry the entire next book and to build and build on top of this idea that I don't think that they would have been able to do as effectively prior to to Rita's article coming out.
1: That's such a sharp point too, because I, I think I've never really even thought about the timing of that article. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the third task and everything that comes after it takes up a lot of pages. <laughs> and yeah so and it that article doesn't have a lot to do with what Harry actually goes through. And so in my reading, it probably just goes into the kind of pre-end-of-book gray area that's mm. a little less defined. And it seems a lot longer than just the day of that mm. this that this is going to be the case. And, and yeah, again, imagining what it was like for someone who's, especially not even at Hogwarts, but reading the papers and yeah. gets that one day. And then the next day, hears that Cedric Diggory has been killed at Hogwarts as part of this tournament. And it sounds like there's not a lot of other great news sources, right? <laughs> like, they can't go to the Quibbler to find out the day's news. It comes out once a month, and mostly it's talking about Nargles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's very fascinating, very interesting. Thanks. Well, why don't we move into our compelling questions?
0: Cool. What do you have for me?
1: Mine actually... I think, fits well after this this discussion. Why do you think parents trust Hogwarts to (laughs) educate and protect their children for nine months out of the year?
0: That's a very good question. I wonder if part of it is because a lot of the parents went to Hogwarts themselves. So they're like, oh, we went through it. Sure, I broke my wrist, but they healed it. Or sure, there's venomous plants around, but Professor Sprouts got it under control. You know, Dumbledore is the most powerful wizard in the world. And so it's got to be safe, right? (laughs) So I think, yeah, sometimes because of your own experiences and the experiences that you went through when you were a kid and didn't have, your brain wasn't fully developed at the time. (laughs) And so your understanding of what was going on is going to be vastly different than a 40 year old looking at this school, mean like, what is happening? Yeah,
1: you as an 11 year old fighting giant chess pieces and getting beaten up by them. It's a great story. Seems like a fun adventure (laughs) and not gross negligence by the adults who are in charge.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And another thing, I think Hermione didn't tell her parents everything that was (laughs) going on. I think because probably muggle parents would have been like whoa now what just happened we're gonna pull you out and you're just gonna go to a regular school down the street from us you know but yeah she I think she kept some information from them and I wouldn't be surprised if other students who had muggle parents yeah they they don't necessarily tell things to their parents that are going to make their parents pull them out of school (laughs) I also kind of wonder if a piece of it is just well where else are they going to go
2: Hmm.
0: we don't want them to go to Durmstrang because that just sounds scary. (laughs) Might be less safe.
1: They're farther away.
0: Grindevald went there, basically. And then, I don't know, (laughs) part of me just assumes that it would be much more expensive to go to Boba (laughs) 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 Maybe that's not true. But I would say there's a distance factor, but it's not like they see their kids at all, except on breaks, which they could go home anyways. So... Yeah, I think part of it's probably, like, school pride and mm. fond memories, and part of it's like, well, magic is dangerous, and wherever they're gonna learn it, it's gonna be somewhat dangerous. But, you know, you do, you do have Seamus, right? Wasn't it his his mom didn't want him to go back, and he, like, had a really hard time convincing her after book four, mm-hmm. and so... Yeah, some of them, once <laughs> people actually start dying, yeah, maybe maybe they start to change their, their mind.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you you brought up a lot of the points that I was thinking of, too. This kind of, it's tradition. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even thought about as a decision for many families. It's just, oh, you're 11, you're going to Hogwarts. You got your letter, you're going. You know, if Hogwarts been around for a thousand years, that's happened for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I think about, what it was like for the parents in year two to get these reports that children are being
0: petrified, petrified by and some unknown source
1: apparently the only place in britain that has mandrakes is hogwarts and they're still growing but
0: uh, not even just the only place in britain but the world. That, yeah, yeah, that they
1: can get access to this apparently.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> they can get access to dragons <laughs> from Romania, but not Mandrinks.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I think that that, you know, there's these different views of Dumbledore as, as clearly, you know, this extremely powerful and wise wizard, but like there's also Trelawney. And <laughs> <laughs> so I you know, I our parents being like i know my kid's gonna have the best education (laughs) at hogwarts not
0: even that but once a hagrid becomes the care of magical creatures professor like not because he's a giant but just because he's severe problems with judgment on what is dangerous for people and not you know i'd be like You're not taking that elective.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is not our education episode for Harry Potter. We'll
0: get there. Which I've got lots to say,
1: but I will just say there's no certification process for these teachers. Yes. So, yeah, it's a question that once it came to me, I was like, why do they do that? (laughs) Um, Because the only family I think that we see actually not send their children to Hogwarts are the gaunts. Mm. And that doesn't go great either.
0: (laughs) No, no, it does
1: not. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I find it, it kind of an interesting dynamic because are there other witches and wizards who are homeschooled essentially? Mm -hmm. And then that brings up the idea of Because magic is so dangerous, and because there are these laws against the underage use of magic, do you have to get certain permits from the Ministry of Magic to be able to homeschool your children? Is Mm -hmm. that itself a harder process than sending them to public school? Which, I mean...
0: I imagine so, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, all of that, I think, is just an interesting kind of pathway that opened up once I started thinking, like, yeah, reading about Hogwarts, especially in the first few books, like, yeah, it seems like a fun, cool place to be. (laughs) But... You know, now that I'm an adult and I think about what it would be like, you know, I'm an educator. And when I think about (laughs) the kind of environment I'd want to educate children in, it would probably not be one in which one of the first things our headmaster says is don't go on the third floor because you'll die. (laughs) Yeah, fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also, maybe some of the parents are just like, we're tired of the kids blowing things up in our house. <laughs> Why don't you deal with them and take all the risk to another abode?
1: Yeah. Is there a better way? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> At least here they're isolated in the highlands of Scotland yeah. with a nurse on staff. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly.
1: Well, what is your compelling question for me?
0: Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about the difference between trust or doubt based on evidence or facts versus trust or doubt based off of the integrity of someone's character. Hmm. And so I was kind of wondering where you see those differences or those things, yeah, with, with different characters.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. One thing that, that came to my mind, which was something I, I thought about us talking about on the podcast, and now I'm glad, glad I get a chance to, is Harry's unshakable trust that Malfoy is always doing something bad. He's
0: always up to something. He's
1: always up to something. Not only he's up to something, he's up to exactly what Harry thinks he's up to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Because Malfoy is probably always up to something. In the same way, Harry's always up to something. <laughs> But it's not always...
0: I mean, is he though? I feel like most of the time, Malfoy, the only thing he's up to is like thinking up new insults to throw at them. I mean,
1: that's being up to something. That takes some commitment to write lyrics to this song about how bad <laughs> Weasley is at Quidditch.
0: A ton of commitment to make those Potter Stinks buttons. And
1: I'm sure he made you know. all of them himself.
0: Oh, yeah. It's not like Crabbe and Goyle would have been able to help oh, him, no. so.
1: He, he's got a craft room down in the sliver in Common Room. Yeah, I think I saw a
0: piece of fan art of him by himself. By the fire like so late at night Making these buttons And they're like are you going to bed (laughs)
1: Well, Hermione's knitting hats yeah, making buttons (laughs) So yes I think that there is one That is this is based off of What he sees as Malfoy's character Mm -hmm. Rather than What he actually knows is happening Because he is convinced Malfoy has something to do With the Chamber of Secrets Yeah even though he doesn't. He just happens to be the most explicitly racist person <laughs> Harry knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can see why you'd think so, Harry. Totally. But you have no evidence.
1: Which is then funny because... He went funny
0: because... Whole trouble just because he was convinced yeah. it was
1: him. Uh, which is funny because then in, in book six, he is proven right, though, again, he didn't have any proof yeah. <laughs> until Malfoy actually he's tried a to death kill. Ear, I can tell. I know he's a Death Eater. I've
0: watched him walking so much. I know he's slightly favoring his left arm now.
1: Exactly. He's not at the Quidditch match? Well, then I don't want to go to the Quidditch match either. Quidditch?
0: Did I ever care about
1: this? <laughs> and funnily enough, in that same year, he... Trusts the half foot print someone he doesn't even know
2: mm-hmm.
1: based off of his help yeah which is in no way intentional it's just it happened to be the case that he picked up that book and and learned from those notes
0: yeah fact this person knows a lot
1: yeah true that's Whether true is true uh but fact that You can use his spells (laughs) (laughs) willy-nilly. That
0: willy-nilly spell in the girl's bathroom. Exactly. Uh,
1: Not great, actually. (laughs) Yeah, no. And then looking at his view of Snape as well, Mm -hmm. where there it's like, oh, he is clearly an awful person in the way he treats children and students and me in particular and my friends. And so, yeah, I have no faith in him in any way I can. And, and he thinks he's he vindicated. He must be
0: trying to get the...
1: The Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, he,
0: he must be the one who's doing all the different stuff. I don't know why Dumbledore trusts him. Dumbledore shouldn't trust him. He's oh. helping
1: Malfoy out. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, all yeah. of these things.
0: And both Snape and Malfoy saved his life. Mm-hmm. Their character wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't great. Malfoy, you know, he he, I think, does redeem himself in important ways. Yeah.
1: I think the last thing that comes to my mind is Voldemort's ability to manipulate Harry mm. based off of what he knows of his his integrity and the way that, that he has a saving people thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's clearly put a lot of time and effort into this plan to get him to go to the ministry by mm-hmm. using Sirius as vision bait but (laughs) but he he i think is willing to devote those resources because he does have that trust in his read of harry and he's Mm -hmm. ultimately correct yeah
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: what else were you thinking of
0: yeah i mean i I was thinking about luna also how she trusts harry that he's telling the truth about voldemort that he's returned and she hadn't even interacted with him at all (laughs) up until that point really and which is sad because that means we didn't get to see her until then yeah but her trust in him isn't actually that helpful to him and because you know she believes in things that are incorrect so nobody's going to give her trust in harry very much weight in some ways it could be a detriment exactly yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, she she believes that there's some conspiracy with the Ministry of Magic to, like, bring the Ministry down from the inside with dark magic and dental disease, <laughs> gum disease. <like. laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so when it comes to facts, she's quite shaky. But... In character, she is so trustworthy mm-hmm. and really understanding in, in how to be supportive to Harry in so many times when other characters can't. And, and I think he sees that, which is why he does trust her, even though her facts are sometimes a little off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that is also a great example of how she is someone who her father raised her in a way that was distrustful of institutions you know Mm -hmm. she's the anti-percy where it is oh if there's power involved don't believe a thing that they say
0: which isn't necessarily a bad person yeah no that
1: (laughs) in our society at least it's something that i've come to agree with more and more so Yeah. yeah i get it but that doesn't mean that
0: the thing you have on your wall is the crumple horn, snore cack horn. Horn, yeah, know? exactly.
1: Not Not a great call.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and kind of the final person that I was thinking of is Hermione. Mm. Because I think she does both a lot. Like, she trusts or doubts based on facts and also character. I think she doubts more based on facts rather than character. But... I think she trusts based on both in different circumstances because, you know, she's believed Harry. She like never doubts him when he's coming to her with all of these things that would sound so far-fetched to anyone else. And she's highly logical, yet she she doesn't doubt him except when it comes to the Malfoy obsession, mm-hmm. which, you know... It, if Harry was acting that way, I could understand why <laughs> you'd be like, mm, maybe he's not up to anything. Come play your Quidditch match.
1: But there I think that she's not necessarily doubting his evidence. She doesn't doubt that what he's saying is true. She just disagrees with him. She just has a different conclusion.
0: I mean, she thinks that he believes it <laughs> she doesn't necessarily yeah. believe in. <laughs> but also I think it's, it's so striking when in, in book four... She doesn't doubt that Harry did not put his name in the goblet. Like, every other student doubts it.
1: Including Ron.
0: Including Ron, yes. It's interesting because I think that that's maybe a little bit of both. She's like, well, Dumbledore drew that age barrier himself. I don't think Harry, (laughs) I've helped Harry on his homework. (laughs) I know he's not good enough to get past this. But also I think she trusts in his character and that he wouldn't lie to her about this.
1: She's also probably savvy enough to watch his reaction to it. Yeah. I think that she is very emotionally intelligent too, where Mm -hmm. she can see how he was stunned when it happened. Whereas Ron was probably just like stunned himself and unable to get (laughs) over that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But also I think she does doubt. Luna, not her character, but in general, just because of the facts of her being wrong. She's like, okay, you can come to the ministry with us, Luna. You can be in the DA. But I like the only time Hermione's actually kind of mean is to Luna Mm -hmm. about these things. And she's like, that is incorrect.
1: And that's the thing. I, I do think that it is probably based off of the fact that Luna has said things that she finds demonstrably false
0: exactly. enough
1: times that she has now gained an impression of Luna that is, her character is unsubstantiated knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And that's what defines her, defines Luna for Hermione, and it's just, she cannot abide.
0: Yeah. And the last thing I was thinking about with her is how she trusts Lupin mm. and Hagrid as people precisely because... You know, she doesn't have the same prejudices hmm. that most of the wizarding society does have. And so she judges them on their character alone. She's like, I'm going to believe you until I'm proven wrong. And mm-hmm. for for a bit of time, she thought she was proven wrong about Lupin, right? She was like, I trusted you. I knew that you were a werewolf and I didn't tell anyone.
2: Yeah.
0: But exactly. She didn't tell anyone. She didn't even tell Harry and Ron. hmm because she thought he was a good teacher yeah. and, and she believed in his character.
1: Yeah. Well, that actually leads me pretty well into my missed opportunity. Okay, great. I wish there was a little bit more substantial consequences from it being revealed that Hermione was using the time turner all year in, mm. in, in the third book. Because... Ron, in particular, was pretty suspicious for a lot of that time. And she would just brush him off. And she ultimately says, you know, I... I,"
0: How can someone be in two places at one time? (laughs) Exactly.
1: And that that she wasn't allowed to tell anyone. And yeah, now that you brought up the fact that she was also keeping Lupin secret Mm. this whole time, I can imagine Ron in particular, but Harry and Ron, having some doubt in her moving forward of, Hermione's kept things from us in the past. You know Ron and I have a friendship where we d- we tell each other everything, and Hermione doesn't have that with us in the same way, and how that might affect their friendship in some way moving on from that because it kind of just blows over and once they have utility when they can all use the time to return it together, and it's no longer a problem because she stops using it for the next year, so yeah, I just I think it would have been an interesting aspect to their friendship to have that have some kind of repercussions Mm. in in the way they interact
0: Mm -hmm. it would be interesting too to see if at all it could be put in the context for Ron in particular that he was a butt to her for (laughs) a large part of that book Mm -hmm. and she became more and more isolated and avoid the common room like how much were they even talking at all you know and and maybe Maybe she wouldn't have told Ron about Lupin because she could tell that he's more thinking in some ways. Uh, but, yeah, I, I wonder how much of that was her losing some amount of trust in them, too.
1: hmm Yeah. But then I, I think it could also be interesting in the other way where Harry could see that as an example of how he can trust Hermione when he needs to tell her secrets, Mm -hmm. that she is able to keep secrets. And yeah, I I think that would just be an interesting dynamic and interesting conversation or discussion to have.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
1: What's your missed opportunity?
0: So mine is that I feel like Harry would have a lot more trust issues than he actually does have. Because he... Everyone lies to
1: him all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's that. (laughs) He grew up in an abusive family. Mm -hmm. Basically, every adult he gets close to gets killed.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He learns how Dumbledore, yeah, set him up to sacrifice himself. His abusive teacher actually helped save him many times. And, you know, it's it's just like how... Would you be able to trust what you know about anyone when you're constantly having new information? You know, you had a teacher that taught you some important defense against the dark arts and then, oh, wait, he was an escaped death eater who delivered me to Voldemort to take my blood and then kill me, you know? Oh,
1: and that was after the other teacher he had who he thought was just a stuttering mess, but was actually trying to kill him.
0: Yeah. There was that too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then my other teacher wipes people's memories after taking their (laughs) stories and tried to do it on us too, you know? And so it's just like, he's had so many different things. And I also wonder how he would be able to trust himself if Mm. Voldemort's able to put visions in his mind. Mm. And if I was Harry, I would be paranoid for the rest of my life that there's another Horcrux out there somewhere. How do we know that he didn't make another one? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like throughout the books and then definitely after the books end, which I understand why they end where they ended. But yeah, I I just feel like he would have a lot. Of trust issues and relationships and, and even towards himself.
1: That's really interesting because I think even before what you're talking about just the fact that he is a wizard was kept <laughs> from him his own identity was kept from him in this really impactful way not to mention the way that his parents died and you know mm-hmm. everything else that his his whole life was a lie for the first I guess not the first year but the next 10 years of his life. Then all the other things that you listed as, yeah, other good, ex- good examples of how he has been shown that he can't trust people. And what we are talking about earlier, his learning to distrust the systems, the government, the press, you know, these other institutions that are really foundational to a society. And I think that's one of the reasons why Harry Potter as a series continues to, to speak to me is because... At the core of the message is don't trust power. Don't trust authority. Mm. Do what's right. Mm. And I I think that that's an important message that oftentimes gets lost but is still impactful because the suffering that exists within our own world comes about because of people who are trying to maintain power and whether that's through traditionalist uh, religion, governance, Economics, you know, all these other kinds of things that are infringing and and stopping progressive, humane treatment and policies from being enacted. Uh, writers who are having traditional gender <laughs> stereotypes, you know, all of these things that continue to exist yeah. need to be confronted. Mm-hmm. And Harry learns to distrust those institutions and to fight against and and stand up to those institutions when they do wrong he s- does not lose his faith in the potential goodness of people mm-hmm. and yeah i love that about harry
0: absolutely is is that your takeaway that's my that, takeaway that yeah like I, there's nothing takeaway. else for me to to, <laughs> to,
1: to to add but yeah that's that's my takeaway that,
0: yeah yeah no um, that's great
1: what about you what's your takeaway
0: i don't know now i'm just thinking about that <laughs> And, like, how I think through the process of going through all of these things, when it gets to book six and Scrimger, he keeps wanting Harry to come beside the ministry and and maybe a couple years back, Harry would have been like, this is good. This Mm -hmm. is how we're going to get people to believe that this is happening and banned against Voldemort but he's just like no you're trying to use me you know he knows now and he's been jaded against the ministry that it's not for the welfare of all people mm-hmm. it's so that they can look like they're doing something more specific and they can look successful and yeah Harry doesn't believe in any of that
1: yeah and and Harry... He could work with the ministry if they had actually changed. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're still holding Stan Shunpike shows him that they haven't changed and he refuses to work with an organization that is not going to abide by his standards. And
0: Again, Harry's making assumptions based off of who he thinks someone's character is and not based off of any evidence. true, True. But yeah, he he's going to stand by what he believes is
1: right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so maybe my takeaway is that Harry is a great example of not just trusting authorities in kind of the opposite way <laughs> of Percy.
1: Yeah.
0: And Hermione is a great example of relying on both fact and character in weighing them differently in, in different circumstances, because you're never going to have one catch all method of determining who to trust and, and who to doubt. But I think she usually does a pretty good job like yeah. with everything.
1: Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that will probably wrap up our discussion. Can you bring up what we'll be discussing next week?
0: Yeah, so next week we're going to be returning to Hunger Games and the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And we're going to be looking at the series through the theme of gender.
1: Gender and Hunger Games. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find links to our social media and our website in the episode description. Or you can send us an email at geekbetween at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, comments, you want to share your own thoughts on doubt or trust in Harry Potter. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines to join our amazing supporters who help to keep the show sustainable and also get access to fun extra content that we're doing. We just put up a, another one of our monthly recommendation lists where we can talk about some of the things that we like outside of the series we cover on the podcast. We want to thank Kimberly the Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find your designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.